2: make me cry, for well, there's
1: Probably what a lot of Alabama fans are saying right now to Coach Saban after we just learned yesterday the news of his sudden retirement. Um, man, I'm still still trying to process things. It's kind of a sad day. It, feel, it feels like it's hard to explain. So It's an it's a eerie feeling. Even though he's still just a few miles down the road, <laughs> he still showed up to work uh, today.
0: Yeah, what was the first thing you do after retirement, Coach? Oh, you went to work the next go, day? Go right back to
1: work. <laughs> well, well, you know it was crazy, and I can get into this. I guess I forgot to do the whole intro. Let's go back a, a few notches real quick. You're listening to The Miller's Edge right here on Tide 100.9. With Christian Miller, former Alabama linebacker, alongside my dad, the pastor of pain, Corey Miller, nine-year NFL veteran, presented by the Good Feet Store, uh, America's art support experts. All right. Sorry, I kind of jumped the gun. I was so... Uh, I mean this this news is so big. I mean we we've got to talk about it, it's right? It's worth of jumping the gun. Yeah, right. I mean screw the show name. <laughs> we got to talk about Coach Saban. Um no, look, man, it this is this is this is how I found out about the news yesterday. And again, if you're just tuning in and or if you've been living under a rock, Coach Saban has retired uh, at the age of 72 years old uh, as uh, the head coach at the University of Alabama. Definitely a, a very Guys, yeah, it's, it's it's hard to to really articulate because it's just so I mean again, he's just he's just retiring, I mean he's still alive and well, but it just feels like we're we're mourning right now, which we are. I mean because it's this has been such a such a process, man. I mean he spent 17 years at the University of Alabama. You talk about his impact, not just on the field, of course we can talk about his resume, right? I mean the countless wins, I mean the seven total national championships, six here at the University of Alabama. I mean I mean, double-digit conference titles. I mean, we could go on and on. I mean, his, we could spend the whole show talking about his his resume with all his accolades and accomplishments. But I think what's even greater is his impact uh, that he had off the field alongside his wife, Miss Terry. I mean, the countless things that they've done in this community uh, for these players, myself included. Um, I, I mean, it, it's it goes so beyond football, and you know, if anybody deserves this man, he he deserves it. But I mean, just. A little, you know, kind of backstory on how I found out. I was sitting over at my friend's house yesterday, and uh, we just see the the Chris Lowe news. And, and at first, I mean, I thought it was, before I saw it was Chris Lowe, I was like, no way. I mean, it's typical, you know, that somebody's playing a joke. Because I was just talking with multiple people, you know, that are really close to the program, literally probably 30 minutes before the team meeting. Um everything going on as usual, you know, the, the, you know, the interview, I mean, they're interviewing coaching candidates. I mean, everything was going on per usual, same schedule, same everything, nothing. And literally again, I'm talking to people in the program 30 minutes before this meeting. I mean, no clue. And then it was, I guess, right at that meeting, man. I mean, and from what I'm told is almost like a, and I'm sure he he was, you know, mulling the, the decision, but, um, I was even told, I mean, it was almost one of those things where he kind of made that decision within that time frame of between like 3.50 to 4 o'clock, that 4 o'clock meeting. He kind of had to decide if he was going to go ahead and go through with it or not. But, I mean, here's the thing, man. People are going to jump the gun. People are going to say, oh, it's because of the transfer portal. It's NIO's the way college football is. Look, I- I'm sure it's, you know, a number of factors. But here, here's here's the deal. And, and Chris Lowe referenced this uh, when he spoke with them, you know, recently. Look, man, you know Coach Saban, seventy-two years old. He's been doing this a long time, and he's not the type of person that's ever going to, you know, have one foot in one foot out. And he's said multiple times, you know, this question has been asked him numerous times, you know, you know going back years now. I mean, oh, when are you going to retire? Is, is it close? Look, man, Coach Saban always said when he felt that he couldn't give his absolute best and keep that tradition going, that 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 standard. Uh, That he has for himself in this program when he felt that he was incapable of of continuing that he'd probably move out the way. He'd get out his own way. And do I feel that now was that time? Not necessarily. No, because they're talking about last season was arguably one of his best coaching seasons to date, talking about how he was able to take this team that didn't really have an identity early on, had a young 31-year-old offensive coordinator, uh, you know, a defensive coordinator who we're just going to be honest here. You know, yeah, everybody's talking about Kevin Steele, Kevin Steele, but realistically, you know, behind the scenes, you know, Kevin Steele kind of, you know, wasn't necessarily exactly what he once was, um, just being truthful. And there was, so this team had so much adversity, so many mountains to climb. And for them to, 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 and this gets overshadowed, but to be crowned SEC champions, defeating Georgia, the number one team at the time, earning a bid to the college football playoffs, losing in overtime when they didn't play a great game at all to the team that went on to win the national championship. I I mean, if we're being honest, I think he definitely, could he still perform and be that coach? Yes. Would it drain him and take a lot out of him to continue that? Adding in all the other factors with you know constantly having to recruit from within, the the or NIL, all that good stuff at the age of 72. And I got to highlight that because I think that's the most important thing. Again, if you know Coach Saban like I do, he's not going to have one foot in, one foot out. He's a grinder. All he knows is work. And if he feels like he can't do it to his standard, he's he's gonna feel that it's best that he gets out his own way. And I and I and I get it. I, I think it makes perfect sense, and, and you look at it, man. I mean, unfortunately, he didn't end on a national championship. I, I think they very well could have and should, should have won this national championship, but nonetheless, they they he goes out on an SEC championship, right? Uh, and then again, I, I mean, he has nothing left to prove, right? I mean, there's literally nothing else he could he could really do um, to to prove anything. So, with that being said, I, I think this decision came from a number of factors, right? He's 72 years old. You know, this process, I mean, I've even talked to people close to the program. They said, like, you could just tell, man, it was tough for him. At 72, you know, getting around, going through the schedule of meetings and and practicing, traveling, it's it's a lot, man. At the age of 72, it's a lot. You think about, you know, the time that he, you know, that he's missed over the years with his family, not having anything, you know. Really, football has been his entire life, his whole life, you know. and, And even as a player myself, I know the sacrifices that you make, um, especially from a time perspective, having to miss out on so many things. I can only imagine a coach, especially a coach like Coach Saban, you know, he probably wants to have that time. He wants to miss, make up for missed time. And I, I think this is, you know, a good time for him. You know, it, it's very unfortunate. I know a lot of us are, you know, sad. You know, it's going to be different. We're, we're looking for answers. We're trying to figure out who's this, who's that. Uh, but you got you to respect Coach Saban and honor him in this moment and just pray for him and his family. Because I'll tell you right now, it's not going to be easy for him even though he might have come to the decision to, to retire, um, it wasn't an easy one, I'd imagine. You know, again, this is, some, this is all he knows, football. And, um, you know, all he, all he talks about is, you know, how much he enjoys being a part of a team. And now he's going to be a part of his family's team, which is wonderful. But it's still going to be a, a drastic um, difference for him. So I'm just praying for him and his wife and his family, hope they can enjoy it the best that they can. Um, from my understanding, he's still going to be um, involved uh, with the program in some capacity, you know, maybe some type of executive thing. I, I, not, I don't think he's going to be here 24-7 by any means, but, you know, I'm sure he'll still have some type of role in the university that, that look, he laid the groundwork, he laid the foundation for, um, you know, for the standard of excellence. I know we had Bear Bryant, but we're talking about, you know, recently, man. I mean, he, he truly left his print, right? Um, so he's still going to be around in some capacity, which is great. I think that's really good yeah. for the program. And um, that being said, I'll get my dad's thoughts because we did we did do a podcast last night, emergency podcast. If you haven't seen that yet, go check that out on YouTube at The Miller's Edge. Yeah. Um, that went really well. had a lot of a lot of good stuff on that. We were joined by Chris Braswell, former Alabama linebacker. Got to talk to him a little bit, get his thoughts on this, and kind of you know fill us in on what he's got going on with training for the draft. His thoughts on you know leaving for the draft. So go check that out if you haven't already. Again, that's The Miller's Edge on YouTube as well as all social media platforms. You can check us out there. We're now I'm going to head down to South Carolina to get my dad's thoughts on this, because um, he had a lot to say last night, so I'm going to pass it over to him.
2: Well, I have a lot to say all the time, you know what I mean? You, I, you I, do. I, I mean, I'm a man of many words, as you all know, but listen, man, I was letting you go because I think it's appropriate to, you know, with you working for, working with Nick Saber for five years and being an understudy, and as a matter of fact, I just tweeted out early on today uh, uh, when I was working the SEC Media Day, and uh, was talking to you, talking to him, and asking him about you. Don't know if you saw that clip I posted, but it's pretty cool to hear him say such great things about you. Um, uh, but we all are saddened by the news that we heard on yesterday at seventy two years old. Nick Saban said, "Hey, you know what? I'm I went to, I'm going to go to work as normal. I'm going to interview some position coaches. I'm going to do what, everything I normally do, and then we'll have a team meeting, and I'm going to tell them that hey, I'm done. I'm out. I'm dropping the mic. Uh, only." The only way that anybody could do it is the way Nick Saban did it. Uh, but first thing this morning, what does he do? Him and my man said they back at work. And because he said, he just told ESPN just a minute ago, that he is want to be there for the players and the coaches. So he, he can't get away from it. He can't escape it because that's in his heart. And Nick Saban is going to do those types of things. He's going to be around. He's going to be part of the process in hiring the next guy. As we just heard uh, some news, and and my man Matt Zenith, who was a great friend of mine, who I I talked to all the years when he was there before he left, he just said that uh, Dan Lanning, the head coach at Oregon, has basically said he is staying at Oregon. So you can scratch the the paper of his name off that list. So no Dan Lanning per Matt Zenith. Is coming to Alabama. So, uh, who, you know, I think everybody's now past the, you know, kumbaya, we're past the, let's hold hands and put the flowers everywhere we put them. But like now, the focus, like, who's going to be our coach? Who's going to be the next head coach at Alabama is what a lot of people are worried about because that list is shrinking. And I think it's crucial. Uh, Nick Saban went back. Uh, Continue to keep his players there because that's what they're doing right now. I can almost assure you he's there to continue to remind the players, give us a chance, hold on. And I got to say by Friday, by tomorrow, they better have a coach in place because everybody and their grandmother is poaching these players. And so they're trying to keep this team together because they got top three talented roster in the country.
3: coordinated monthly test of the broadcast stations of your area. We are testing equipment that can quickly warn you during emergencies. If this had been an actual emergency, an official message would have followed the alert tone. This concludes this test of the emergency alert system.
2: That can come in and just take and add some pieces. This team is going to be right back there, especially with a 12-team playoff. So Alabama's not going to drop off. So what they're trying to do is hold this court serve because the worst thing is if you lose this team, you lose this roster, excuse me, now you're talking about hitting the bottom. Now you're talking about somebody coming in and having to start over. You don't want that. So my thing on yesterday when I saw this, Nick Saban wouldn't have done what he did without his due diligence of talking to Greg Byrne, talking to the president, talking to somebody's other coaches or somebody that they feel like they're going to get. Um, So, you know, now everybody just, oh, Dan Lanning is in Tuscaloosa. Oh, we're a news station in Oregon. I used to work in Tuscaloosa. And here we go again. My sources. (laughs) My sources said he's in Tuscaloosa. Dan Lanning is not. People are so crazy. I mean, so it's not going to be him. So scratch him off the list guys. I'm sorry. It's not Dan. I thought, yeah, good guy, but I didn't feel that. I mean, who wants to, who wants to take the place of these shoes? Who wants to be the guy right after the guy? That's a hard job. Do not, because expectations here in Tuscaloosa is through the roof, right? So who's going to, who's going to do that? Who wants that? And I'm going back and I'm telling you right now, it could be Mike Norvell. It could be Lane Kiffin. Well, I wouldn't mind if it's Lane Kiffin. I know everybody talks about, oh, well, he was at the bar at Free, And, oh, God, he did this. While well, Lane Kiffin went through a period of time in his life that wasn't good, he'd be the first to tell you that he made some mistakes. Everybody does. But you cannot disregard who Lane Kiffin has become, why. He went through this understudy with Nick Saban. Nick, Nick thinks the world of Lane Kiffin. Great play call, he's great with the kids. He don't he don't have the same personality as Nick. True. But I think he knows how to put together a staff. That could be really good. You go to Mike Norvell at Florida State, do you really want him? What has he done? He had his best year last year, going undefeated. And the year before that they were better. And they used to portal a lot. Is he the guy? Is he gonna if he gonna tickle your fancy? Probably not. Right? Is the guy, you know, uh, DeBoer out of Washington going to tickle your fancy? Just got blown out by Michigan in the championship game. Yeah, he's doing a nice job, but he he has no SEC ties, I don't believe. So who's that guy? So my thing is, as Clemson looking at these names that I'm not coming, it's going to turn to people that that I've been seeing, Christian, all along. They don't want him. Dabo's 20 is going to begin to be more popular and more popular
4: Mm-mm. at
2: Alabama. No. Um, so this thing is gonna get crazy again. I I you know, I had my moment of hour and forty minutes on our podcast last night, the Kumbaya, but now it's turned the page. He's done, he's retired, it's like this it football. You get done great things in Alabama. Uh, I have great memories. I'ma post memories, things, pictures that I got, things cause I I think the world of Coach Saban. I think the world, what he did and how he treated you as my son and our family and what he did for us to bring us out of South Carolina, I will always speak very loudly and boldly to who he is and the the, uh, legacy that he's created and how he is as a man to stand by his word and doing what he said he would do for you and then what he did just months ago to, I said this last night, you know, when you lost your mother, him and Miss Terry, that he Thinks the world of you, and he was right there even in that moment. I mean, so we had that relationship. You have it better than any of us, but but to this family, it means a lot to to us. So, but he knows business got to go on. That's why he's back at at the Mall today, because he knows that roster. Oh man, everybody's after that.
1: Well, did and you? So, did you see? He sat yeah. down with Chris Lowe today, and he he kind of discussed yeah. his decision. Yeah, you know,
2: and that's that's his guy, right?
1: Yeah, there's so a lot of good there's a lot of good stuff that, on that article. So if you want to check it out on ESPN.
2: All right, we can. Uh, what time we have here? Twenty. Oh, we had twelve. Let's, go All right, to break. let's hit a break. Let's hit a break because I just talked to Steve and M. Smith too as well. Uh, he's going to join us. So let's let's just hit a quick break and then uh, let's hear what Nick Saban had to say uh, to Chris Lowe and uh, we'll go from there. How about that? Sounds good. Hit a timeout. Come back. Nick Saban in his own words. With Chris Slow of ESPN, we'll let you hear that. This is Mills Edge on the tie 100.9, 1230. Christian is WTBC. There you go. There we go. (laughs) Come back in a moment.
3: 365, 24 7. You'll find road and utility crews, tow trucks, law enforcement, and first responders working along Alabama's roadway. We're making improvements and helping our communities stay connected. We're working hard to make sure you're safe on the
4: road. Now we need your help to make sure we're safe too. Alabama's Move Over Law requires you to move over a lane when you see flashing lights on the roadside. And if you can't safely move over, please
3: slow down. Visit DriveSafeAlabama.org, brought to you by the Alabama Department of Transportation, Alabama Broadcasters Association, and this. Are you receiving unemployment your benefits could be at risk here's how you can protect yourself and your benefits never respond to mail notifying you of a false claim in your name never answer a text message asking you to verify your account and only respond to official alabama department of labor social media pages report fraud at labor.alabama.gov fraud brought to you by the alabama department of labor aba and the station the alabama department of labor is an equal opportunity employer program auxiliary aids and services available upon request to individuals with disabilities dial 711 for tty accessibility
0: Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A very pleasant afternoon, the sky partly to mostly sunny, the high today around 60. Tonight, increasingly cloudy with the low at 45. Tomorrow, cloudy and breezy, showers and thunderstorms are likely, storms could be severe, the high 63. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 54 degrees in Tuscaloosa.
4: My caretaker was very rough with me. I thought they did it because I wasn't moving fast enough.
0: Elder abuse is a crime, and together we can stop it. If you or someone you know has been abused, neglected, or exploited, call the Adult Abuse Hotline at 1-800-458-7214. That's 1-800-458-7214. Sponsored by the Alabama Department of Human Resources, the Department of Justice, ADECA Grant number 18VAVS050, the ABA, and this station. This is Miller's Edge on Tide 100.9.
2: With a little love yes, something and something Some Welcome back to the Edge at 100.9, 1230 AM WTBC, as in Cory. All right, let's get right to it because we only got an hour on our program, not enough time, and we're just a four-hour show today. But let's get and uh Noah let them hear what Coach Saban had to say with one Chris Lowe.
1: Let's oh, Yeah, we'll let him hear it by my voice because uh, it, so it's just an article. He, I don't okay, think they article, did a video. Love, but I'm sorry. Yeah, no, 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 you're fine. But but basically, what he was saying was he kind of answered those questions that that all of us had been yearning for. Kind of just you know, how this de- how he came to this decision and uh, just to summarize, because like you said, I mean, I don't want to spend too long on here. You guys can check this article out on ESPN, but also check out exclusive thread and Tide 100.9. They'll be keeping up to date with all this stuff. Uh, basically, he just uh, in summary was saying that you know things are a lot harder at 72 than they were at 62. And I, I talked about, you know, how demanding it is. Mutual Mike, Mutual Mike, how, how demanding it is, um, you know, for him to go through his daily process at the age of 72. I mean, we're talking about 14-hour work days, right? I mean, Coach Saban was up here, you know, 7 in the morning, not leaving until probably 9 uh, in the evening, right? And that's just him being here. But then you talk about... The mental capacity to be you know watching film meeting with people going to practice i mean guys it's a lot um it's 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 grueling and he just felt that even last year excuse me was a struggle for him kind of getting through it and and he he referenced you know his health but he said you know nothing major just you know at the age of 72 kind of getting through these these long days and hours uh really became a challenge and uh asked about you know may you know when people kept saying, Oh, well coach didn't be here another four or five years. He said as much as he liked to, he could just sense that that wasn't going to be the case. And he didn't want to get into a year by year situation where, you know, he's just, he, cause he basically what he said was that that's not fair to the program where if he's just going year by year, because if you truly want to build up a program and keep that uh, standard alive, I mean, you have to be thinking years of he- years ahead. You can't just have that year by year thought process. So, I mean, you know, As expected, I mean, Coach Salem being so selfless here, you know, as much as he probably wants to continue to coach him, just knowing uh, where he's at right now with his age, his health, and everything going on um, is tough. You know, he says last season was difficult for me from a health uh, standpoint, not necessarily having anything major wrong, but just being able to sustain and do things I want to do uh, the way I've always done them. It just got a little bit harder. So you have to decide, okay, this is sort of inevitable when you get to my age. So, again, I mean, I think age was the main factor in this. And then he mentioned, you know, after coming back from a family trip, you know, in Florida, I think that's where he kind of started really, you know, zeroing in on this decision to go ahead and retire. Um, and, And when they asked him about being there for the four or five years... Uh, more That's when he said, you know, he'd be happy to try to do it, but it just didn't feel like he could do that and, and um, didn't want to get into a year-to-year deal. That doesn't help anybody and doesn't help you continue to build and be at the standard that I want to be at and want this program to be at. So, again, um, selflessness displayed by Coach Saban, which is no surprise at all. And, that, and, again, there's some more to it, but I think that was the biggest thing. I asked him about the NIL transfer portal, and he said, you know, I don't want to make any of this about that because, look, the thing is, when you sign up to be a coach – your job is to adjust and adapt. There's no, there's no point in complaining about that. You just have to do the best you can to navigate all that stuff. Um, and so clearly you could tell, you know, obviously it's probably not his favorite thing that college football has come to, right. but he uh, continued to do a good job. It's not his
2: favorite, but he can't go blast that right now when guys are in that locker room, they're trying to keep players here. So he understands that he can't say anything right now. Real quick, for you that are listening, let me get this to you via Dan Lennon's ex. This is why we know that he's not coming to Tuscaloosa to take uh, the place of one Nick Sabre. Here's what Dan Lanning posted just a little bit ago.
0: Who has goals and aspirations? Raise your hand up. All right, everybody got goals and aspirations. You know how you get those? You be the best where you're at. And like That's how you reach goals and aspirations. That's how great things happen. It's not about worrying about the next thing. It's about worrying what's right in front of you. Six inches right in front of your face. I want to remind you guys what that means. You guys that just got here don't know right? But it means something to be an organ Duck. Everybody makes what? They all all make commitments to things that they're going to do. A lot of stars. The world doesn't have a lot of what? Finishers. We're finishing. I want to be here in Eugene for as long as Eugene will have me. This place has everything that I could possibly ever want. There's a little bit of a problem in society today with people looking for what's next and where where there's an opportunity. And the reality is, you know, the grass is not always greener. In fact, the grass is damn green in Eugene. That's cool. I mean...
1: There you go. Good for Dan Lanning. Yeah, I mean, and, and that, that's cool and all, but that, that's why people got to stop jumping the gun. I mean, you could tell by his press conferences and a lot of his responses, you know, how uh, grateful and appreciative he is uh, for Eugene and, and Oregon and that administration administration for giving him a chance. That was one of the biggest things he said that stood out. You know, they gave me a chance when a lot of other people wouldn't have given me this chance. So I think he's uh, he feels indebted to that program. But, again, Alabama's going to get the right guy. Uh, for the job without a doubt. And then I agree with you. I think they need to work extensively to kind of do that soon because, you know, roster management is, you know, very critical at this point. But real quick, I know we're flying through this stuff. um, I I, I do just want to say just from a personal standpoint, man, just my experience is, you know, and and just be able to say real quick uh, how grateful I am for Coach Saban, um, for, you know, seeing something in me at a young age. I was just looking at that uh, recruiting photo of me when I was in his office um, that I posted. And I mean, you could tell I mean, I don't even think at that point I was probably 16, maybe 17. I I, I might've been 190 pounds. And you're telling me that guy saw something in me uh, that he, he could see the potential in me to grow and develop into a, a, an edge rusher here at the university of Alabama, where guys were 260 plus where my own school in my backyard, South Carolina said, I was too small. Couldn't do this. Couldn't play. Couldn't do that. That guy saw something in me. And I was able to emerge as a starter, uh, waiting my time and, and, was able to, you know, accomplish my dreams of being drafted, playing in the NFL and doing all that great stuff. But then even life after football provided me opportunities like I do now, working with the program in broadcasting and numerous other uh, avenues. I mean, I can't say thank you enough to everything that he's done for me and my family, you know, all the way to him and Miss Terry, you know, helping my brother um, uh, get assisted when, when he came to school here, um, figuring that situation out in terms of how he needed to, to um, get accepted into the school. And, um, I mean, they, they. when you talk about the impact uh, on our lives i mean just i'm so grateful for all the invaluable experiences that he's afforded to me um to the lessons that i've learned whether it's in team meetings personal meetings just being around him you know being in the leadership council those are things that i will forever cherish and carry with me for the rest of my life as i do now and so with that being said i just wanted to just be able to say that because i know we've got a lot to kind of get into but i just wanted to make sure i, I threw that into this show because i thought uh, number one it was necessary because i am forever grateful um for my coach, Coach Saban, for everything he's done for me and my family. And, and you know, he truly deserves everything that's coming his way. But I'm, I'm glad to see that, that that article finished by him basically saying that um, he's still going to have a role here in, uh, you know, in Alabama, here at the university in some capacity. So that is good news. But just wanted to get that in real quick.
2: And it's basically what I was, what, excuse me, what I was saying yesterday. I'm hearing a little bit of an echo there. But, you know, I was saying that Coach Saban was not going uh, away completely. I think he's just going to spend and be able to judge how many hours or how many days he wants to spend at the facility. But he's going to be very impactful with this program. So uh, that will continue to keep him involved and yet still be able to spend the time he needs to spend with his family. So I don't think Nick Saban's just going to be out of sight and gone, you know, ghost. I don't think that's what we're going to see. Let's take some calls. Uh, let's see what we got in the line. I don't have my thing pulled up, Christian, so let's take some calls.
1: We've got Ronnie.
2: Ronnie, you up next here on the Middle says, Go right ahead. Thank you for taking my call. Yes, sir. Um, I'm a first-time
4: caller to the show, but I listen to you all the time. Thank you. And uh, last year, my kids got me tickets to the Bama game, a home game, and I've never been to a home game before, so it's very special now that this announcement came yesterday.
1: Yeah, I mean, everybody, I think, still in shock from the announcement.
4: Yeah, I have a question I'm going to get y'all's comment on. Um, since the NIA transfer portal becomes a big um, issue lately, pay for play basically, do you see saving possibly getting involved and create some kind of boundaries and um, issues for this to try to resolve it so it's fair play for all the players and all teams?
2: Great question. That's a great question. I, I yeah. think he has a lot to say about that, Ronnie. And I think, you know, I go back to what he said in the initial, right? He was really saying, Do you guys really want to do this? Do you do you foresee these issues that are forthcoming? And they kind of just, you know, looked at him crazy. But I think he is a guy that has the voice now to be able to do what you're talking about, to pay more attention, to be more influential. Uh, and helping in these areas because they're going to definitely peek his, uh, you know, prick his brain, excuse me, and ask him what they should do. I think he should be heavily involved in what the NCAA does going forward uh, because he has the right vision and he has the credibility to be able to do that. I think when you're sitting behind a desk at, at the university, that's hard to do. because uh, you, know, you got to worry about what's in front of you, that's your team. But I think now being that he will have the time to actually spend more time and delve into the more different things, um, I think we'll see Coach Saban have something to say and be more involved. Uh, in this situation.
1: Yeah, I I just, I don't see him having, you know, anything too uh, extensive and involved in it just because, I mean, he's going to have influence if, you know, if there's meetings, board meetings, whatever type of executive role, he's definitely going to have some say. I just don't think, Ronnie, it will be to the capacity that you might uh, be wondering if it's like, you know, he can be the the person to to change everything, right? I just, I think it's going to take much more than that. I think it just goes way deeper than just one person, unfortunately, but, uh, we'll have to see, but I definitely know that if there's any type of board or executive decisions being made, that he's definitely going to be called upon uh, for his, you know, his expertise and his influence.
4: Yeah, I just feel like he'd be a great advocate for it since he's been through it, and it's just not fair to me how teams can buy players from other teams. It should be kind of like the NFL—you have salary caps for teams; you should have a salary cap for every position, and you know, so it'd be fair play for all.
1: The around league. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and hopefully they do get some guidelines or, you know, something to, to, help kind of, you know, keep it in, keep it in line. Cause right now, Ronnie, you're right. I mean, it is just kind of all over the place. They kind of open the floodgates and you know, there's not much parity. And then my biggest issue with it, Ronnie, is, is that people are using it in recruiting. They're using, you know, money, uh, basically to recruit guys via the transfer portal. It, you know, it's, it's, it's almost impossible to have depth on a roster nowadays. Um, When I was playing, I mean, like when you signed up for a school, I mean, you pretty much had to stick with it. Or if you if you wanted to transfer, I mean, you had to go through hell and high water to try to get cleared. And most people never really got cleared. You have to sit out and no one ever really did it. Uh, But nowadays, it's like is everybody's on a year to year contract. It feels like and if if they don't feel like they're going to have a starting role, they're just up and leaving and. It is a mess, but hopefully we get things figured out soon. But, yeah, no, it is kind of unfortunate kind of where we're at with college sports. But I, I like Coach Saban said, I, that's that's not why he's retiring, if anybody's wondering. He's, he's not retiring just because of that. It's I think the biggest priority is his age and you know, being able to kind of go be, be with his family now that he feels that he's not able to uh, basically provide that same standard of excellence that he once could.
4: Yeah, I agree. I think families a lot because I'm 70 also and have a lot of grandchildren and children. And at this age – you definitely want to spend more time with them because you don't know how much more time you have with them. I think that's a big part of it. So thanks for taking my guys, Scott. call, guys. I do appreciate, appreciate you,
1: brother. Yes, sir. Thank, thank you, Ronnie. You. Ronnie, thanks thank you me, so you. much.
2: Uh, good to hear for you. May the Lord bless you, man. Great, great uh, question and comments right there. Let's take some more calls real quick before we get to Steve and M. Smith. We got, Who uh, we got, next? We got Tony. Tony, so, you're up next here on the Miller's Edge. Right hey, guys. I'm, I'm hey,
0: loving you as well. And uh, I'm just like Ronnie said, I mean, the age, the age is the thing. It's not NIL. I mean, yeah, maybe that's an aggravation. But, and 14-hour days, it's that's hard. I mean, I work 10, 12-hour days. I still at 70. And I can tell you right now, uh, you were wasted at the end of the week. And, I mean, I understand. I, I'm not shocked. It, this does not shock me at all that he that he decided to hang it up. You know, I don't blame him either. You know, yeah. not, not in the least because – Man, that's <laughs> – working 14-hour days every day, I mean, come on. That's too much for a guy 72. I don't blame him at all. So – and who the next guy is, I have no idea. I mean, uh, <laughs> I think I, I, I think they'll make a good choice. Uh, I think Lane Kiffin would be absolutely too. He loves to troll Alabama fans, piss them off sometimes. I mean, but he's a good coach. I mean, he, he's a fun guy, so who knows? I mean uh, – Honestly,
2: I mean, I know a lot of people don't like him because of his theatrics on social media, but he has (laughs) learned to adapt, right? He has learned to adapt. He might have the best
1: roster in college football
2: These guys love him. He's going to have fun, right? He'll put the right D. He's not going to bring Pete Golden back with him if this happens, guys. I promise it won't be that. But it's like... I, I believe he could put together a, a roster. We're gonna You're going to get excitement with the offense. You're going to have a, a, a really good defense. You're going to be, people going to love you. He's going to, the media loves Lane Kiffin. You know, you've got you juice the dog. I mean, he would not be a horrible pick. I mean, Steve Sarkeesian's not coming here. That'd be the next guy, you know, people think he's, I don't think it's Steve Sarkeesian. I think, if anything, it's going to be Lane Kiffin, Mike Norvell, or Dabo Swinney. Those gonna be your three choices, and um, Nick. But I would love the fact. Here's why Lane Kiffin makes sense to me even more, because if Nick Saban's around and basically being his overseer, he convinced Rick Byrne and the president to say, "Hey, bring him in. I can keep. I can keep him under control." And he's got to meet with me every week till whatever that is. With Nick Saban giving the reins to Lane Kiffin being there, I think you got something very special that's gonna bring some more national championship. Real quick to Alabama. That's my thoughts.
0: I, I agree with you. And uh, Lane is, he's a good, he's got a great offensive mind. And we, I mean, we need some help offensively, I think, more than defensively. And, uh, cause you got to be able to score in this, in this, and this day and time. And, uh, but yeah, I, and I think you listed them as far as in terms of the way I'd like, which ones I'd like to see is Lane first and Mike Norvell and then Dabo last. But, uh, you know, who knows what's going to happen. But, you know, I will say this much. I don't think the program is going to suffer if they get a coach in there in the next couple of days they'll be okay.
2: I mean, by tomorrow, tomorrow night, has got to be the latest. It's got to get in. Got to get in. I agree. Thank you so much for the phone call, brother.
0: Thank you, guys. It's a great show, as always. I love you guys on the radio. You guys are great to okay? Thank well, you, we Tony. Really appreciate, appreciate it, man. You.
2: Tony, have a blessed day, brother. Thank you for the comments. I know we got more callers. Listen, I'm gonna take calls while Stephen and Smith is on with us. So uh, we're gonna we're gonna do something a little different in the next segment. So don't hang up. Stay right there, No obligation. you see that? Call back. We'll we'll take calls even with Stephen. I think we can do that, right, guys? I want I don't want to talk out of. We can, can we do that. No, yeah, no. we can do that. Okay, let's do that. Let's do a quick timeout. Come back. We'll take more calls. Stephen and Smith, in his own words, the Bama Standard. TD Alabama Magazine. That's coming up right here in the middle of the day. On the tie, 10.9, 12:30 AM. WTBC back in a moment.
0: Learn more at andrewsportsmedicine.com. This is Miller's Edge on Tide
2: 100.9. All right, yeah, it's all right, all right. And welcome back to the Miller's Edge right here on the Tide 100.9. Let's get right to it. Welcome in to our special guest every single Thursday in his own words. Bama Standard. He's an alumnus of U of A. Stephen M. Smith, my brother from another mother. How you doing, good sir? Doing good, guys, doing
5: good. Uh, Coach Dave dropped a bombshell on us yesterday.
2: Yeah, I know, here. brother. I mean, if anybody would have been in the know, I know, you know, uh, he, he works for certain media folks like Chris Lowe, but I thought the next guy in line is Stephen M. Smith. Man, you you shocked?
5: I mean, I'm, I'm not shocked, but it is surprising that he timed it in this way. I kind of had a feeling that he would win maybe one more before he goes out, but I'm not surprised how he timed it to where it was okay, you know, with all the stuff that's going on with name, image, likeness, with the transfer portal, with this new age of college football in here, and he's an old-school head coach. At some point, he was going to walk away. We didn't think it would come this suddenly, but we all kind of had an idea at some point he was going to do
2: it. Let me ask you this, uh, Steven. You know, Dan Lanning just put out a video next that he's not there. Grass is not always green on the other side. You know, we know all the the numbers, we know the championships, we know the SEC titles, we know all, we got all that, right? I ain't going to see him beat those numbers up. He is the goat. He's the best to ever do it in college in any sport, in my opinion. Biggest thing now I'm looking at, who
5: are you going to get the coach? Well, well, right now with the landing out of the hat here, Lane Kiffin's been a name thrown out there. We shall see. You've got uh, uh, Dion Sanders, Coach Prime is a name thrown out there. I don't see Coach Prime leaving Colorado, but that would be interesting. Mike Norvell at Florida State, he has snuck his name in there. But I think the biggest wild card, and I was told this late last night, The biggest wild card, don't be shocked if Kanan DeBoer of Washington somehow walks away with this thing. DeBoer, uh, after what he's done, two years with the Huskies, getting a program that was a train wreck in 2021, a four-and-eight season, back-to-back 10-plus win seasons for Washington, including a college football playoff appearance this past season, its first one since 2016. So Kanan DeBoer is kind of the biggest wild card of all the names thrown out there but I was told late last night don't be shocked if that's the name that Greg Burns selects.
1: Stephen M. Smith is our guest right now man I mean this is still just feels so crazy to be talking about this right now but let me ask you this Steve in terms of you know roster turnover obviously you know they extend the window I think like 30 days for uh, the team now that Coach Saban decided to leave but it seems like guys have At least so far, I haven't seen any new names in the transfer portal as of yet, unless I've missed somebody uh, in the past, I guess, probably uh, 16 or 17 hours or so, ever long it's been since we found out. But um, do you feel that, that, I mean, obviously there's a chance, but which way do you think this goes? Do you think we'll see... A large number of guys hit the portal after this this news, or do you think a lot of guys actually going to stay put and kind of see it through? Now that Coach Saban's kind of said, "Hey, I want to you know have my hand over things as we go through this transition period," and he seems to kind of helping through this process. You think that's going to help keep a lot of guys?
5: I, I, I think it will. Have having your head coach, even during a time where he's saying I'm retiring from the program, to have Nick Saban come back this morning after the world was shaking, stunned yesterday to have Nick Saban go back in the office this morning and talk to the players, talk to the team, talk to Greg Byrne, the board of trustees, and say, look, I'm supporting regardless. I'm helping get the new name in here. I'm preparing the new name to come in here. So that way, when I transition, you guys know this thing is going to be in very solid and very strong hands, and Alabama will continue to roll as as it's been. Now, of course, you're still going to have a few people that may test the portal because they think it, it's it's still not Nick Saban. Even though Nick Saban is helping in this transition, it's still not Nick Saban holding the clipboard. It's still not Nick Saban in the headset. It's still not Nick Saban giving me my butt chewing. It's still not him. <laughs> so you, you, you're you going to still have those guys that see it that way yeah. and hit the portal. But I think, I think the masses, look at this as uh, Saban's transitioning, but he's still here helping us and getting a new name in here. I
2: think the majority will stick around. Let's hope so. I think so. the next two names that's in line does nothing for me. I like Mike Novell, but he hasn't done enough, man. This this program is is a Ferrari. Do you really want to do that? I mean, I know I like him as a young guy, as a young coach, and he's not that young, but I'm just saying, Mike Novell came on the board. Ugh, God, man, is that going to keep these dudes here? Now, Fort State has been great in the portal. They're getting guys they're plucking guys they're poaching guys. But I'm not feeling it. Lane Kiffin is my guy. With Nick Saban being still involved, he will be my guy.
5: I'll say this, Corey. I I know people look at Lane. He's crazy. He's controversial. But look, he's matured. Nick Saban gave him that olive branch in 2014 when nobody else did. And Lane has greatly matured since then. We know he likes to poke fun at Coach Saban at times. But when you hear Lane he has nothing but the utmost respect for Coach because Coach believed in him when no one else did. And Lane came in here, gave this offense a complete upgrade in a college football landscape that's now offensive-oriented. I think if I was Greg Bernhandler this, I would say Lane Kiffin's your head coach. You bump T-Rob to D.C., and you let it roll from there.
1: Let me ask you this, Steven. You just mentioned T-Rob. I mean, and I know you can't predict this, but I mean, how much of a turnover do you expect to see, uh, at least with this coaching staff? I mean, you've got some some talented coaches on this roster. And then you talk about recruiting. I mean, T-Rob's one of the best recruiters in the country, if not the best. Freddie Roach, a great uh, coach and recruit uh, recruiter as well. If you had to guess, I mean, who do you think could be retained out of this coaching staff if you if you had to pick a couple guys? I
5: think I think Freddie Roach could be retained. I think T-Rob could be retained and has to be. Yeah. I look at, I look at, uh, uh, Robert Gillespie has to be retained, looking at it from an offensive perspective. Those would be the main three for me. If I had to throw a fourth one in there, maybe Robert Bond was retained as the inside linebacker's coach. He did a pretty solid job here his first year coaching these guys, but some others could go. I look at Eric Wolford, you know, not the best with the offensive line this past, this past season. You know, could he be looking elsewhere? That, that's a possibility. You've already lost uh, Holman Wiggins to Texas AM and as he takes over there as the wide receivers coach. So the, the main guys I could see retained: Freddie Roach, I could see T. Rob, I could see, uh, I could see running backs coach Robert Gillespie. I could possibly, possibly, maybe Tommy Reese, but with Lane Kiffin being the offensive mind he is, if the name is Lane Kiffin his lane, just kicked
2: Tommy Reese out. He, he called the plays himself. Other plays, I don't want to go back to that offense. Uh, let's take a call, Stephen. Stay right there if you don't mind. Let's take a call from uh, Philip. Philip, you up next here. with Stephen Smith, Corey Miller, and Christian Miller, go right ahead. Yes, sir. I, I think uh, uh, Dan Lanning did Alabama solid a
3: little while ago when he put that tweet out, you know, about uh, staying. So he yeah. did Alabama a big favor. Uh, that speeds up. The race course uh, real fast now, so now you can look for a hire pretty pretty quick. I think.
2: And well, I I think would, that would who would be your guy, Phil, if You had if you was the president, AD, your choice. Who would be your guy right now?
3: Yeah, you know, um, I tell you, I, I hope it's Lane Kiffin. I, I think Lane will do a great job. I think he's a great coach and. You know, so what if he's got a flamboyant personality? I mean, nobody's everybody's not alike. Nobody's gonna be just right. like Saban. And nobody's gonna be like Bad Bryant. Nobody's gonna be like whoever. And and you know, that's that's life. That's a good thing. I think Lane would do a great job. I think he would be all in. And let me tell you something, he'd recruit his rear end off. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I'm not sure.
3: Go
5: ahead, Steve. And not only just that not only just that, Lane is in tune with new age college football. He is out there on social media, he is out there on Instagram, on X, on TikTok. He is in tune with this day of age of, of college football.
3: Exactly right. And but like I say, the main point I want to make is that Landon did Alabama a solid just then. And that was that was a good good thing. And uh, you know, good luck to him. Alabama now can hire a doggone football coach and they probably they need to act pretty quick the only guy they can wait on that's a possibility is D'Amico Ryan's, and if they lose Saturday he's a possibility Saturday is, is as
2: long as Alabama can wait that's that's just the way it is I like D'Amico Ryan's, but I'm just telling you the truth I would, I'm would i Lane Kiffin as a matter of fact I'm doing a video after this show I'm getting on the train because I'm on the Lane train because out of the coaches that's left, when you're talking about changing the narrative, you got Nick there, but I, I said this on the program. I don't know if you heard me say it. That he was still stuck in the old ways. And, and to win non-college football, you got to be be able to relate to these young people and change some things. And I think with the roster Alabama has and a coach that gets it, the excitement and the fun that will be here in Tuscaloosa, I'm telling you right now, it's to me, that's a win-win. Yeah. I, I agree, and, and
3: I, I think, I, I'll tell you one thing. I bet you Lane, if he, I bet you he doesn't put out any tweets like Lanning just did. No. are oh, you talking about Dan Lanning. Yeah, I bet you Lane doesn't put out any, any tweets like Lanning put out about
2: staying around and doing all that. No, he wants a job. He, this no. is a dream job.
1: The only thing, I'd say about, only thing I'd say about Lane is, do we know what his buyout is? Because I feel like he just recently signed
2: a contract. Yeah, I feel yeah like that it's could not, be it's not $20 million like Dan Lanning was. So you, you hey, don't hey, think it's that high? Dan, I don't think that was around uh, hey, uh, hey, uh, hey, Christian, all these guys will sign contracts.
1: Correct, but they have buyouts, so and, and they vary, right? Mm. So Mike Norvell, his buyout would be only $4 million, which is extremely cheap. Dan Lannings was five times as much. That would have been $20 million. I don't think money is necessarily a issue for Alabama, so to speak. But that's just something to consider. Uh, I think that, yeah. that might be part of the equation. I don't know how much. That's, you know, up to Greg Byrne and anybody uh, affiliated with the, that process of things. But we'll have to see. But that, that's just one thing I just was curious because I, ha- I have not seen a number on Lane and All these other coaches have numbers, but there's not one on him. And he just recently signed. So I'd imagine uh, that his would be relatively high given he just signed a condor. But, Philip, we're running low on time. But thanks so much for the call, man. Really good stuff. Thank you for always tuning in and calling in.
2: Thank you all. Yes, sir. No, that's you. my man, Phillip. So, uh, in your own words, what's the result going to be, Steven?
5: In my my words, I see see the result is Kiffin. I see the result is Kiffin. I mean, uh, this is a guy that a lot of respect for Coach Saban. He's been here. He gave the offense the upgrade it needed. And you're still running some resemblance of the Lane Kiffin offense here still, even though it's not full-blown. My choice would be Kiffin.
2: I'm, I'm Kiffin. I'm, we'll get ready to get this video. I'm about to post soon as we hang up from the show because I'm like, this it makes the most sense. So we'll see what they do. But Dan Lanning is out. The doors open. Kiffin, is it going to be you know Florida State? Is it going to be Washington? DeBoer? Who will it be in Tuscaloosa, man? But uh, my hearts and thoughts go out to the, the coaches and players because it just don't affect Nick Saban or the fans. It affects a lot of families that has got to move and their kids and school. I mean, you have no idea what they have to go through with these types of situations or having been to me. Steven Smith, man, I know you got a busy day. Thank you for taking some time out for us. We really do appreciate you, brother.
5: Absolutely, guys.
2: No problem. Enjoy the day. Yes, sir. All right, Thanks, man, Steven. There you go, Steven Smith. Well, guys, appreciate it. I know we're up against it. Uh, Chris, I'll let you take us out. But, uh, again, check out that podcast. It's about an hour and 30 minutes or so, but some good, good content. Chris Braswell, he joins us, but he has a lot of great things to say, so make sure you check it out.
1: No doubt, and I'll, and I'll separate that. I'll post that separately, but, yeah, if you haven't already, check us out on YouTube at The Miller's Edge. I think my dad's going to do another video, so uh, be on the lookout for some some more uploads coming soon. But, again, thank you to everybody uh, that makes the show possible. Our presenting sponsor, The Good Feet Store, our good friends over at Alumni Hall. If you're in need of any Alabama All gear. And our cigars. Or cigars. If you're in need of any Alabama gear. Officially licensed Alabama gear, that is. Head on over to Alumni Hall for the best deals. They've got the hat wall, they've got the Yeti products. Peter Millar, it's the new year. You got to get some new clothes. So head on over to Alumni Hall. They've got all that good stuff. And they got all sorts of little gifts and, and just cool things. You got to check them out. Again, that's Alumni Hall in Midtown Village. Or you can always go to alumnihall.com for the Ultimate Crimson Tide fan shop. we got to make room for Big Noon Sports. We'll see you guys tomorrow in 23 hours. You've been listening to The Miller's Edge, tackling sports daily. Now.